EST 2016. This is interviews, music reviews, opinions, and more. This is, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We are on audio here today on episode 249 of The Hotter Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thanks so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I've got a kick-ass interview for you here today. As I try to have a kick-ass episode every single week here for you on the show. Today, we are being joined by Aiden Melody of Her Majesty the King for what was a fantastic chat. We talked for almost about two hours talking about his influences and kind of some of the first music that he ever heard. And we have a really fun kind of discussion about that and influences in general as well as uh, a little bit about him moving to Canada from Israel, getting into heavier music. And then we also discuss the start of his personal journey into music, learning to play guitar a little bit and kind of how he got into that, and as well as uh, vocals, some of his early band, uh, a lot about writing, a lot, of course, about his current project, his kind of his main project, Her Majesty the King, working with different people. You know, there's a lot of jokes about, you know, Her Majesty the King. You know, they've had a lot of different people in the lineup and kind of how that whole thing happens and just working with other different uh, different musicians. And it's just a really, really fun, interesting chat. I think you guys are really, really going to like it. On top of being a great musician, he also wears a couple different hats kind of within that same world as far as working as a uh, kind of booking agent uh, management type with an agency as well as doing some album artwork design and things like that. So you guys are really, really going to dig this. We have a lot of fun. Before we get into it though, I of course want to take a quick second to give a humongous shout out to one of the biggest supporters of The Harder Show, my family over at Mean Beard Company. That's right, folks. If you are a bearded individual or you know someone who is a bearded individual and you or they need to start taking care of their beard better, check out meanbeardco.com right now. The highest quality beard care products on the market. Me personally, I am a brand ambassador for them. So obviously, I have nothing but great things to say about them, but even if I wasn't a brand ambassador, I would still have nothing but fantastic things to say about them because that's how much I love their product. I use it personally every single day. I used it before I sat down to record this episode, so my beard is feeling fantastic and smelling great. It's definitely important to make sure you use high-quality products on your beard because not only is the hair itself important to keep healthy, but also the skin underneath is so important to keep healthy and you will find after using the high quality carrier oils that are in the mean beard oil that your skin underneath your beard and the beard itself is going to feel fantastic and smell great on top of that they also have fantastic bombs that will help keep your beard looking fresh and staying all nice and uh, and and held down if that's the kind of look you're going for and also they have a fantastic unique product called mean whip that's kind of the best of both worlds me personally, I love my oil and the Mean Whip, as well as my Mean Beard Comb. So if you would like any more information, please again, check out the website, meanbeardco.com, or just hit your boy up. I love talking beards almost as much as I love talking podcasts and music. And if you do go on meanbeardco.com, be sure to use my personal code at checkout. That code is all capitals, M B. 
15TJH. Again, use my code, all capitals, MB15TJH to save yourself 15% at checkout. And always remember, folks, with Mean Beard, it's not just the beard, it's the attitude. Now, let's get into my chat with Aiden Melody of Her Majesty the King. Hi, gang. I'm very, very excited about this because this one has been another one of those podcasts that has been a long time in the making. Uh, I've been talking with this gentleman to come on the show since, like, like early last year for sure, maybe even longer. I can't even tell you at this long point. Time. Very long time. But I'm thrilled to finally welcome on to the show Aton Melody of Her Majesty the King. Aton, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, man. Thank you for having me. Very exciting to finally make this happen. And I got to say real quick, just keeping it real, uh, a big thank you for kind of being a trooper with me and doing this podcast so late at night or early in the morning, depending on how you look at it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. Yeah, doing this, doing the podcast this late at night here, it's always interesting because I always, you know, sometimes I'll work super late and sometimes to make things happen, we got to do it a little late ski, but we're going to cover a lot of ground here with you today and I'm excited to kind of finally get to talk to you and get to know a little bit more about the man behind the uh, the stunning vocals in Her Majesty the King as well as a ton of other stuff. You know, you're a great musician on top of being a great vocalist and Thank you, man. you're a booking agent and a whole bunch of stuff. So we have a lot of ground to cover for sure. But just kind of starting off, how did this whole thing start with you as far as getting into the actually, you know what, before we even get into that, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sidetrack here and segue here real quick. How have you been doing with everything going on in the world right now <laughs> as far as being a musician and someone who is obviously very active in the scene? How has this whole, you know, and we're not going to sit and talk about this for an hour or anything, but how has kind of this whole COVID-19 coronavirus thing kind of been, been affecting you at this point? Um, Honestly, like it, it hasn't affected me as like, like at least in, not in a negative way. Uh, per se, because uh, I find that I find that a lot of people like, you know, that tours lined up and stuff like that, you know, it's it's affected them drastically. Um, and obviously people outside of the music industry. Uh, but for me, like I've been more busy and more product pr productive than I've been in a long time um, during this whole pandemic and during uh, quarantine. So. Uh, yeah, I guess, well, I guess how, how did it affect me? I guess it kind of made me like buckle down and, you know, get, get working on my stuff, like even more, you know, spending more time on it than, than I was even before. Well, that's awesome. That's kind of the one, I guess, silver lining of this whole situation that we're seeing so many different musicians and so many different creators kind of, you have no choice but to be creative because you're sitting around at home even more so than usual for some people, you know, yeah. some people aren't able to work. So it's like, well, what else are you going to do? You're going to be creative. Creative people have to create in order to stay sane. So it's good yeah. to hear that you're, you know, maybe getting to getting to work on some new stuff. Oh yeah, man. I've been, I've been working on tons of new stuff. I'm, I'm excited to share a lot of it, but I, I, I gotta, I gotta keep most of it like, 
hush hush because oh, of, for sure you know how things are now nowadays like when you release uh, a new project or something like that you want it to be the full package and you want it to be like ready to be marketed so definitely trying to like construct everything very carefully for sure yeah you don't want to I, I guess in a way count your chickens before they hatch or whatever that damn saying is or, 100%, or something like yeah, that exactly while still keeping interest that hey you know but also at the same time you don't want to be that band that's like hey guys big things coming stay tuned because right yeah just, no one no one likes that let's be serious so <laughs> i'm all for yeah. hype but <laughs> definitely don't want to be that especially at a time like this where i'm seeing so many bands kind of venturing out of their their wheelhouses and trying stuff that's for the most part it's been really fun and it's been really positive to see you know so many musicians connecting and interviewing each other and, and stuff like that but at the same time you know i'm seeing some bands that are kind of maybe trying to reinvent their wheel a little bit and i'm like oh you know is this really the time to be doing that let's <laughs> let's just focus on what's important you know focus yeah. on writing new material and stuff like that but anyway on top of the fact that obviously you know the world is a little crazy at the moment it is good to hear that you're kind of, you know, keeping busy. And you haven't been affected too much, and you're keeping busy. Obviously, you know, on top of the fact that you're a fantastic musician, I mentioned, you know, you do some booking as well as uh, you do some graphic uh, design as well. Do, so yeah. it's good to hear that you're uh, kind of got, got a lot on the go, a lot of hats. But I'm curious, how did kind of this whole journey start for you? When was, like, the first time – and some of the first music that you heard, and when was the first time that you really started to kind of get the itch, so to speak? Oh, man. I feel like that's, like, uh, such a, like, layered question <laughs> because, like, you you could think about the beginning of, you know, your musical journey, but then there's also, like, the moment before that and then the moment before that, like, if that makes sure. sense. Sure. Well, so, let's, like, let's start with – I always like to ask cause it's such an interesting question – what was the first music that you really remember hearing that had an effect on you? I think it was like some like Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears. Nice. Like I'm not gonna front. Like it was it was some pop stuff. It was it was not like anything metal or heavy. Uh, you know, like Her Majesty the King. It was uh, it was yeah, it was just radio pop. And I remember uh, seeing like. I, like I remember moving to uh, like a different apartment for the first time around the time I was maybe like four or five years old and there was like some stickers on the bedroom that was supposed to be my bedroom uh, that were left by I guess the previous family and uh, like most of the stickers were like uh, NSYNC and Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys and basically all the big pop nice. like fans of the 90s. The heavy hitters of the of the nineties. Let's be serious. The, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's funny. Did you so like when you were younger? Was there like like I always hear a lot of people say like oh like I would hear you know as far as like they're introducing to like in, introduction to like rock music and maybe like radio rock stuff. It was like oh I heard it when I was in the car or you know. Did you kind of have an yeah. introduction into kind of the more obviously, you know, the pop stuff, which is great because mm -hmm. I think that's interesting because you have listening to, you know, your work with Her Majesty the King, especially 
there is a certain level of how how can I word this probably here? There's a certain amount of like thought put into what you're doing as far as, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more later, but hmm. as far as your vocal lines and the way that you sing, oh, like definitely. it's not like you're just a straight up, I'm going to just throw some words at you and yell and blah, 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 blah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Let's be, let's, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let me clarify. And I've that. done that before too. Like, sure. I'm, I'm sure I have. Yeah. But it's like, there's, there's a little bit more almost, I guess, thought as far as like, Hey, it's structuring a melody and it's, you know, making sure that there's a hook in there, making sure there's something that someone can sing along to. Not necessarily with every single song. Like sometimes you need a, a heavy song. That's just kind of, you know, a bit of a right. gut punch, but it's yeah. interesting to hear that that was kind of a little bit how it started, but what was kind of your introduction to that kind of the more rock and metal side of music? Uh, it was definitely like more, like okay i would say the beatles queen um like that was like i guess like the beginning beginning of like anything remotely close to what i'm doing right now in her majesty the king like like I, I, even though it's obviously not that close but just because uh my mom uh like i guess she had a very specific taste in rock music and that was some of the rock music that she listened to my dad was never really into rock music, um, but uh, like my uncle, like my mom's brother, he used to play bass in a band when he was growing up and listen to Deep Purple and stuff like that. So like he kind of gave that to her and and then like I got that from her, uh, like listening in the car or like sometimes she would be cleaning the house and like just playing it in the stereo system. And I remember like, uh yeah i remember hearing queen songs i remember hearing Beatles songs and i remember hearing like um a linking park song i think around the time i was like eight years old and it was playing on like um like either mtv2 or like like what was what was the the other music network there was another one you're gonna oh man uh, I remember it, but I can. It, it literally just played music videos all the time, right? It that did. Was, it did. Yeah. Because like I know we're similar in age. I know we're like kind of in that like. Yeah, you know, I'm in '93. What what year? Are I'm '91. So yeah, we're okay, sweet. in that very similar. Because I mean, I can remember watching like a lot of that similar like like Lincoln Park. I was a little older, so obviously I was you know I was ten. So obviously, yeah. I remember like the beginnings of Lincoln park and like, you know, I remember watching like Creed videos on that channel and like, yeah. you know, Nickelback and all that kind of uh, early two thousands rock stuff that I, I, you know, really got into. I can remember right, yeah. the channel and I don't remember. It was like VH something. Yeah, I want to yeah. say VHS, but it's not VHS. I'm looking it up. This is pissing me <laughs> off. I need to look this up. <laughs> it was back when MTV and MTV2 like still used to play a lot of music videos, like pretty right, re- like more than reality TV or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, Canadian music it, video channels. Was it VH1? I think you're right. I think it was VH1. I'm 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 wanting to say. Yeah, I'm not finding. I think you're. Let's just say you're right, just for the sake of <laughs> argument. Because um, it's. I'm gonna Google it now too. Because it's funny how you remember certain things. Like, like, do you remember? 
the first time that you like you mentioned just Linkin Park's one of those bands especially for our generation like that was such a a gateway band for so oh, yeah. many kids that you know you you know maybe listen to the records that your parents listen to you know like i mean even me personally like we kind of have somewhat similar like my mom was a huge led zeppelin fan queen black sabbath like right you know rock rock stuff and you know some heavier rock stuff but yeah the classic rock stuff Mm -hmm. so when i heard something like uh like we had some heavier riffs oh hell yeah Yeah. and i mean black sabbath is i mean you know that's freaking black sabbath what's not exactly yeah like that's that's just heavy period Mm mm-hmm for sure. So like for people like us who we we kind of already had the foundation laid a little bit for understanding, you know, heavy guitar music and things like that, but then also something that was a little more for us. Mm-hmm. You know, not was like what Lincoln Park brought Lincoln Park brought to the table. From there was that kind of how were they that band for you where like a lot of people say, "Oh, like I heard Lincoln Park and then I would hear Chester scream and like it like made it so that like I kind of started to understand the screaming thing. So then that got them into heavier stuff. Was it similar story for you or in a way, but like maybe not like something I necessarily uh, like consciously look back Mm -hmm. at as like, oh, you know, like my musical journey started there. But then like when I do think about it, it's like. You know, like I brought it up earlier, I remember that was one of the like first like rock-ish videos that I saw on uh, on TV, and um, I remember like I think again like around that same age, I remember seeing at school, and, and I, I grew up in Israel, so uh, I remember seeing at school like graffiti in Hebrew that was like it spelled out Linkin Park. And, like, not knowing exactly what that is, but feeling like that name is familiar. And then later on, like, like the the more, I guess the more I, I, or I guess the better way to put it, like, since that moment, I started hearing them more and more until around the time I moved to Canada, uh, I started listening to Linkin Park regularly, like, on my iPod, like, Hybrid Theory and Meteora. Um, and I think that was like around the time I moved to Canada was around the time they came out with that album. Uh, the one where the Transformers thing was yes. happening around that time. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was still a good album. Like oh, I'm sure. not, yeah. Um, the Transformers thing didn't take anything away from it. Um, but, and, and then the other thing that like, I'm now realizing too, and I guess cause of how you worded the question is that, yeah, I think that was that. Well, I'm 100% sure now that was the first screaming I heard because I, I couldn't point any pinpoint any screaming that I've heard before that at a younger age or whatever. Um, I just l- never really thought of Chester's vocals necessarily as like, you know, just like a screaming mm-hmm. thing. But then, like, obviously, he screams like in multiple songs, you know, like, and he, he screams in a more harsh way than many of the other like you know like screamers and metalcore bands these days so it's like i don't know yeah it's something you don't necessarily think about it but but then you know like when i when i sit down and think about now it's just like definitely a gateway band uh in terms of like entering this whole like part of like music Mm -hmm. or side of music for sure it's almost like i mean it's it's interesting that kind of just on this line of thought, like, I mean, 
for people like us in our, our generation, I mean, um, and I'm not trying to make this like a me trying to convince you that like Chester was this huge influence on you or anything, but you yeah, know, no, it, sure. it's, it's funny because for me, like, I'm not a massive Licking Park fan or anything, but just when I listen to your vocals, it, it's interesting because one reason why Chester was so influential, the way that he screamed was because when he would go from his singing to his screaming, it was a very powerful, like, thing. yes, yeah. And I kind of get that vibe with you. Obviously, you, you don't sound like Chester. You sound unique, but it's like i wish they sounded like i think well i mean i think you've got a fantastic scream on you i think you're you're in that same i really appreciate it of course i think you're in that same avenue as far as like you almost there was this story i heard once i don't remember if it was an interview with uh chester or what it was but they were talking about how sometimes in the beginning of their career after a concert chester would literally have to go in the back and like he would like be throwing up the rest of the night because that's how like harsh he would push yeah which is obviously very unhealthy to do you i'm not saying anyone should do that but when you go from like when you enter like uh uh not like your like scream scream but almost like your yell scream voice where like it's kind of a little more of like a mid-range scream mm-hmm. you kind of have that like like where you're kind of pushing it in a similar way which is is something yeah. that i i'm also now kind of realizing that i picked up on that i'm like man it's kind of sort of like in that similar avenue i guess so mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting to hear that they were kind of that band i guess in a way even if you didn't necessarily realize yeah it. yeah because like and and again like that's uh that's not like that's not to say like they're not an influence it's oh, just sure. like i didn't i know like and I, i've always looked at them as an influence like hence why we're speaking the, about them right now i guess why i brought them up and whatnot but like i guess i never thought about just how much they were an, inf- an influence and that's why it's always interesting to have these kinds of conversations is because like you kind of learn more about yourself by yeah. hearing people talk about you know whatever they talk about um and yeah and and uh and and i also like uh like yeah when i look back at it i think maybe like the first three screams i remember listening to when i was like consciously listening to music with screaming on it was um uh shane from silver scene oh yeah and uh i forget the name of the vocalist from rise against and then chester from linkin park like those were like the like the first three screams that like you know if i really think about like that's that's what i was listening to and like you know towards like the end of grade eight and beginning of high school um yeah big shout outs real quick to uh punks on a podcast i don't know if you're familiar with them at all Ethan, but uh faith uh, she just had shane on her podcast actually um, okay. and they had a fantastic interview so if you're a fan of uh shane from silverstein you should definitely go check that yeah, out yeah i'll have to check it out because uh, that Send was a link after i'd love to see that yeah yeah definitely we're we're kind of like um she's like the other musician interview podcast around here that i'm i'm like buddies with that i'm aware of um (laughs) so i wanted to just you mentioned that and i was like hey quick plug um that's (laughs) interesting man because those are three very dynamic and unique voices i'm not as up to snuff on rise against and silverstein but i mean 
talking about rise against um tim i don't know his i don't know his last name i know his first name is tim uh who is the vocalist of rise against another guy who has a very distinct scream and a very distinct voice as far as the way that he presents things and the way that he you know um will even enter a scream and the way that he'll transition from his screaming to his singing and obviously as time went on they kind of became a band that went in more of the rock you know the rock way where you know they would not necessarily scream as much yeah or for as long or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's still definitely variancing to hear um was there anyone else kind of as you so like it kind of sounds to me like you kind of you went from a little bit of a pop influence in the beginning that was kind of like oh this is music cool a little bit of the rock stuff was kind of some education with some family going into starting to get into the more heavier stuff from there like you mentioned like you know you were like in grade eight so as you're kind of starting to become an adolescence, I guess, in a way, was that when you kind of really started to get into the heavier stuff? And also I want to ask just because you, you brought it up and I'm curious when, what, how old were you when you moved to Canada from Israel? Uh, so I moved to Canada when I was 13 and, or like, yeah, like turning 13, turning 14. Um, and uh what my bad what was the other question i started thinking about moving oh, to that's Canada okay. well, i i was gonna ask just because i'm i was gonna lead into a very ignorant question just because i have i know very 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 little about israel mm-hmm. um so I'll, I'll circle back to the other question because i wanted to kind of get into how you were introduced to kind of the more like more heavier stuff but what is the music listening scene like in Israel? Like, is it like you were mentioning that there was like Lincoln park graffiti and in, in Hebrew and stuff like that. What is, is it kind of like exactly the same? Is there certain types of music that is bigger over there or like kind of what, what's that like? I'm just curious and ignorant to that yeah. myself. Well, like I definitely wouldn't want to like misrepresent it. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's definitely important to preface that like the music that i know or like that i would have experience knowing of like you know like being prominent in the culture there is from when i was living there which was like yeah uh yeah like over a decade ago and whatnot but i do remember like uh rap is was always big um which like is how lincoln park is also like i feel like a gateway band to other people there Mm. right because lincoln park always had rap and so all of a sudden, if you're into that, you're hearing something different, you know, and it doesn't sound like all the other rap and hip hop you're listening to. Um, and then another really big and like pop music, obviously, like any pop music is big pretty much anywhere oh, um, sure. where there's radio, um, especially like, yeah, like any international hits. I guess there was a lot of songs that, uh, like, when I talked to, or not a lot, but I guess there are certain songs that when I talked to my girlfriend about, and I'm like, hey, like, do you remember that song that was, like, huge in the 90s? It played everywhere, and it's, like, definitely not, like, an Israel thing, right? 
and yeah and she doesn't end up knowing about it and then i'll look it up and it's like oh because it was a european hit that uh, didn't so well in north america yeah so like i guess there is in, in like in some areas of music there's more um there's more of uh, an influence of like europe as opposed to north america and like you know i guess maybe because that market is a bit closer like geographically speaking and then um also uh uh like what they call like middle eastern music is really big there which is like it it, it kind of, it's kind of like music that uses quarter tones instead of uh instead of semitones like we do in most like you know traditional western music mm-hmm. um and uh yeah and like i was never really a fan of it like i was like it, fr- from from a young a- age it was like one of those like it's like you know you know when people are like I like anything but country, yeah. I like anything but Middle Eastern music. Yeah, I hear you. I know what yeah. you're saying. And like, and I can really say that I don't like it because anywhere I went, like throughout my childhood, that was like one of the most popular things that played, you know, music wise. So I'm like, I, I I had a good dose of it. I've had a good like a mouth for the rest of my life i don't want to listen to it anymore. <laughs> it's like some people where it's like i like i used to always say like you know oh like, i like everything but country yeah and then like i heard old country and like mm. really listened to it and i was like okay there's some truth yeah, like here country. like okay <laughs> yeah. i can't say that because i was ignorant i didn't know you right. know whereas i can say definitely you know hey i'm not a big fan of like I don't know, uh, trap music or something. I don't know, like something like that. Like, well, I'm just like, I've heard a lot of it. I'm not a fan of it. Let's just move on, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can sure understand that. So that's interesting. I just, I wasn't sure. Like, I mean, you were mentioning as far as like things being different on the European charts compared to like the North American charts and the Canadian charts and stuff. That's, that's more what I was curious about. Like there's bands that are huge in Europe and kind of that those areas but then in North America, there no one know, almost knows who they are. So it's it's definitely a very interesting thought. Was there any just because you even mentioned like talking to your girlfriend about a song, is there any like one song that comes to mind that's like it was a huge hit over there, but then no one knows it here? I'm just curious. Uh, Putting you like, on the spot a little bit. <laughs> like uh like an English song, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, I got I gotta think about it. Oh man. No, yeah, I'm gonna have to think about this, okay, and well, then we like can, we can come out if you think of it, just blurt it out because I'm just, yeah. Or I like just... worst case, I'm gonna like send you a link tomorrow morning, and you're gonna just like whatever, get it later. <laughs> know know what I'm talking about. That's awesome. I just always like in doing these these podcasts, and you know, the my number one thing here is like I'm also getting to know you because I mean, we've been exchanging texts and stuff for the last year and a half, but like, oh, yeah. I don't know you, so it's like as we're <laughs> talking and little things come up and it's just like me kind of throwing stuff like, Oh, this would be interesting. What about this? What about this? You know, but before we kind of got off on a little tired there, we were talking about kind of you transitioning into heavier music and that kind of a thing. So going from, you know, rise against and Silverstein and Lincoln park and kind of that more, I guess in a way, kind of the more accessible, heavier stuff where it's like, you can still hear it on the radio regularly and things of that nature. Obviously bands, especially like rise against, I mean, you can hear rise against on the radio all the time. Um, from there, as you got a little older, 
was there any bands in particular that really like kind of the more like I guess almost getting into that metalcore world and that kind of metalcore hardcore world was there any bands in particular that really kind of gave you that shot in the arm that was like okay this is really what I like um yeah but like in a weird way like I remember um Alexis on fire I remember oh, yeah. getting um which do you do you remember which album was that had accidents on it and like uh oh my i'm looking it up because i can't remember the name but i know i know the album you're talking about very well yeah with the girl screaming and it's like there's a green and it's yeah it's like it's like an old like i'm looking it up right now because it's bothering me yeah i'm gonna feel really i'm a i'm a a, a, you know uh 91 to 95 millennial so i know alexis on fire quite well um yeah okay okay I am going to just – I can't believe I'm forgetting right now. People are probably screaming at us. Like, I know. How I have watch physical, out. I think I have the physical copy yeah. of that album on my shelf. Like I could just walk right now and get it. Yeah, but man. I'm, it was uh, – Watch Out was the name of that record. Watch Out. Yeah, yeah. And that I'm was – What a record. Right <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was a great record. And um, But that's the thing about it is I remember um, having like – I had this like phase for a while when I was – uh. I think when I was like in grade nine or something where I used to go to the library, to the public library a lot and then just get like 10 different music CDs and go home, put it into my CD drive on my computer. And it would uh, iTunes would ask you, like, would you like to import that music, you know, to your to your iTunes? Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously I would. And that's Hell how yeah, I do new music, <laughs> you know, and um, and so but then like I remember putting like i remember probably putting on a random song from that from watch out uh by alexis and like thinking okay like this part sounds cool pressing next and then the first thing i heard was like uh george's screaming and just thinking like uh what 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 is he doing like is he like is this a joke or like is this like like why does it sound like this like like this is weird like do people listen to this and like this is at the point that I was already like listening to Silverstein, like mm-hmm. on the regular and listening to Rise Against. And you know, Linkin Park was like old news at that point. So, like, realistically, I should have probably not been so like, yeah, weirded out by it, but like I was. But at the same time, like, I remember putting it on my iPod and listening to it like on the walk home from school the next day. And like being like, ah, uh, like I still don't like the screaming, but I really like the instrumentation. I really like the singing, right? And then listening to it the next day and being like, ah, uh, you know, I think the screaming is starting to grow on me a little bit. <laughs> so like it was kind of it was kind of like that where it's like I almost didn't want to like it, but like I couldn't help it, you know. And like the screaming is like. I think there's just so many different levels of screaming and so many different voices and tones and like so much you can do with every voice and tone that like for me with that like um I guess like the close mindedness of only knowing like a few bands that had harsh vocals that it just sounded weird what they were doing but like it kind of yeah it kind of drew me to them for sure and I mean especially with George like his scream was very you know um I, I guess you would say like alex on fire was definitely more of like a kind of like a post-hardcore raw. band and very raw and 
the ins- but the instrumentation was very accessible and obviously Dallas Green singing sure. is I mean you know beautiful yeah but then George was like it sounded like he was like his throat was like being pushed out of his body it's like how was he making this noise what well, the yeah hell? exactly exactly like that that was my thoughts like I was like this does doesn't sound safe it sounds like it hurts <laughs> yeah um I remembered something and I was gonna say it oh, sorry. And, and then I didn't want to cut you off but it, it, it's all good I like I, I I'm completely over and completely forgot already so we can just move on <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all that's... good man sometimes my my my, my uh my, my short-term memory just like is like non-existent just disappears um i i got you i'm the same way but it, it's funny like i'm sensing this this pattern of like you know going from even like kind of the more um i guess punk ish in a way, as far as I guess, with like a Rise Against and a Silverstein, were like they're kind of like that punk rock, hardcore rock, like kind of. I, I never know what to call them. Like to yeah. me, I just call them punk rock because I'm it, I this is, is where it is, you know. Going yeah. from that to like bands with like some screaming to then a band like Alexis on Fire that's a little more screaming. Like, it's interesting how, like, your progression was very, like, kind of, you know, almost like you just kind of kept getting into it and getting into it and getting into it. Mm -hmm. Aside from Alexis on Fire, was there anyone else that kind of really... Because, I mean, your voice is very, like, you go from, you know, the great clean singing and screaming to kind of in that great kind of mid-range scream that you have to kind of almost a little a little deeper sometimes do you mm-hmm. have anyone kind of in that more um straight up kind of metalcore genre that kind of influenced you in that or uh yeah kind of um uh yeah like it's hard to like pick out specifics because at that point like i i started really wanting to be in a band and really wanting to like do music and like really uh, like, like, just like really immersing myself in, 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 in that whole culture and like almost like having like too many influence and in, influences. And, and like there, there was like at, at some point, like when I started, uh, like playing in bands, there was that point when like, you know, asking Alexandria and we came as Romans and like, um, attack, attack and miss may I. And those bands like came into the picture, right? But like I didn't, I didn't necessarily ever look at them as influences. Um, and like they are influential, they influenced me and like stuff I've made, like like whether I acknowledge it or not. But um, I just like like I'm I'm never consciously thinking about those bands necessarily as like you know like that's what inspired me to do this thing or this other thing. Um, like with we we came as Romans, for instance, I did have like a big like phase where I was listening to them a lot, and like my band at the time, like we 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 were playing shows, and we had a we had a screamer, and like I'm fast I'm fast forwarding here a little mm-hmm. bit, and like, we'll get into that for sure. Yeah, and um, and yeah, and I definitely like um, what you call it. I I I definitely remember getting to this place with like a few of my band members where. Like the music that we were making 
was more like what you'd call like screamo and we were all talking about like we don't want to make screamo we want to make like serious music like we want it to sound serious and the stuff that like we came as romans were making at the time and uh there's this other band called oceana and yep. uh their first album the tide so not to be confused with ocean no who are like super heavy oceana are like because everyone who i talk to about about this are always like oh you mean ocean no and i'm like no it's oceana there's two different bands <laughs> um so Oceana, they had uh, like I think it was their first full length called The Tide, and it was like super atmospheric, and it had some clean singing, but it didn't really have a lot of songs that had like choruses per se on them. Mm -hmm. It would just have like a moment of climax or a moment of like um, like the song kind of chills out a bit, and and the the, the singer, uh, the clean vocalist sings, but mostly it was like screened by uh their vocalist keith from start to finish mm. and um and on top of that like on top of the like really like i guess what i at the time i thought was like pretty heavy screaming they had like you know like pretty like decently heavy breakdowns but also like really like atmospheric melodic uh leads right so it was like like the perfect combination of like at that point of like what we considered like me and my friends or my bandmates what we considered to be like serious music mm -hmm. in comparison to like yeah like 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 mid 2000s screamo sound which was almost like some would say i mean at this point it's almost like a become a meme in a way which is mm -hmm. unfortunate because there was some great music at that time and i mean you mentioned um a band we came as romans and i mean you know mm -hmm. big uh Big shout outs, of course, to them and, you know, them obviously losing Kyle was a horrible, horrible thing, you know, and uh, they were a band that, you know, I was never as into that era of kind of the metalcore scene, but they were a band that really, for me personally, like they really were a game changer for me because I was like, there's some, there's structure here. There's some, there's a little bit more going on here than just straight up like. Dun, 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 dun. you know what i'm saying yeah. oh yeah for sure because a lot of the bands at the time like i feel like a, a lot of people might not know this but a lot of the bands at the time had that problem where all the not all they did i don't want to diminish like you know their, sure. their work yeah. but like like that's that's sort of how we looked at it amongst the warp tour going crowds is like oh like this band sounds like they're just trying to mimic that asking yeah. alexandria album or like yeah. oh like is he just using zero the whole song because like you know i've heard that pattern <laughs> used on zero on drop c before exactly and like, you know at that point when like me and a lot of my friends were already in bands and we started writing our own music and learning other bands music and whatnot we started dissecting it and when the market became like oversaturated in that whole like post hardcore metalcore umbrella subgenre, um, I feel like it just became so easy for the audience to like just just point out the bullshit, right? For sure. And I mean, you know, how many time how many different patterns can you do on zero? You know what right. I mean? And like don't get me wrong, I'm a I'm a big fan of like, you know, I call it caveman music. Mm -hmm. You know, like the hate breeds and stuff like that, where it's very, you know, give me a, give me Straight a, yeah, like just give me a very simple riff. That's the stuff I really, really, I really do like that stuff. But 
when every band I'm warped to is trying to recreate stand up and scream, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that's what kind of turned me off personally. Like, oh, I was just kind of like, I've heard this before. Yeah. So it's interesting that you kind of, you and your bandmates at the time kind of were on the same wavelength with of that. And as we're kind of shifting the conversation now into kind of getting into you actually starting to play music and things like that, which is awesome because that's what I wanted to get into next. Um, I'm just going to take a quick second here to give a big shout out to uh, some people that help make this show possible. And we'll be right back with Aton from Her Majesty the King. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Listen to The Hotter Show right now. Are you in a band? Maybe you're a business owner of some kind, a performer, maybe a pro wrestler, an event promoter, an athlete, or maybe you're just an everyday person who needs some photo editing done. You need a great graphic design guy, and have I ever got the hookup for you? My man and close personal friend, Mr. Jason Reese from Jaybird Digital Arts. Whether you need logos, t-shirts, stickers, tickets, business cards, banners, menu, brochures, flyers, posters, Facebook banner videos, door hangers, Photo editing and restoration, print ads, lyric video editing, signs, notepads, window clings, letterhead, bookmarks, programs, magnets, greeting cards, calendars, rack cards, invitations, envelopes, pens. Jason will work with you to develop a style that is unique to you and that tells everybody just how special your business, event, or you personally are, and you will stand out from the crowd. On top of the fact that he does offer free delivery between Coburg, Ontario and Kingston, Ontario, message him today right now for a free quote. That's right, a free quote. Tell him about your idea. You got something outside the box, he will make it happen. With great rates and service, you cannot go wrong. I've used Jason literally for everything over the past three and a half years, and I cannot say enough good things about the man himself and his work. So contact him today on the web at jburdigitalarts.com or on social media under jburdigitalarts that's j-a-y-b-i-r-d digitalarts.com you can also email him at jbird.digital.arts at gmail.com and always keep in mind that his business is successful when your business looks good and now let's get back to the show all right, guys, we're back with Aton from Her Majesty the King. We've been having a good time chatting about influences and kind of some of the first music that he ever heard and things like that. But now we're going to get into kind of the nitty gritty of how did all this craziness with you getting into playing music and singing and playing guitar and playing bass, I think, as well, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. How did all of that start for you? Um, okay. How did it all start? Uh, Buckle up, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, I'm going to try and kind of, like, fast forward so I don't, um, or, like, yeah, I'm going to try to not, like, make this a tangent, but, um, I remember the first instrument I played was, uh, keyboards, and I wasn't too into it, like, I was probably, like, whatever, like, nine, eight years old, my parents were trying to make me do lessons, I did it for a bit, and then, like, whatever, I dropped it. And then probably around when I was 14-ish, I think it was, yeah, it was for my 14th birthday, um, I wanted to get a guitar. And so I ended up getting a guitar for my birthday. Um, that was, like, when I started playing guitar and, like, learning how to, like, write music and, like, how to, like... Like, actually, like, immersing myself in, like, music and, like, playing it and everything it entails. And, um, 
yeah, and I guess that would be like the beginning of everything in a way. That's awesome. It's funny. I hear that all the time on this show. Of, oh, yeah, I started playing keyboard or piano or whatever. And, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really into it. I wanted to play something else. And as someone yeah. who grew up with my mother being a, a classic piano teacher, mm-hmm. like I, I can totally relate where it's just like, mom, I want to play music. Oh, here's a piano. Pfft, I don't want to play piano. I want to be like Jimmy Page. Come on. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. And like, yeah, and that was at a very young age too. So like, that was at the age when like you don't, like you don't know anything except like playing outside with your friends or mm-hmm. like whatever, um, whatever kids do at that age. I don't even know. I don't know what kids do anymore. I know what I did. Yeah. I went out and like played in the, with mud. You know what I'm saying? Like, where yeah, exactly. nowadays kids are like building all the time. Like <laughs> at, at that age. So the last thing you want to do is sit inside and run your scales. You know, it's like. <laughs> You want to go outside and hang out and play stickball or whatever the hell kids did back in the right. 2000s. In the early 2000s. Yeah, it seems like a lifetime ago. I don't even know anymore. What the hell okay. did kids do? Fuck. Where, where did time go? Dude, my sister just turned 30. And I'm like, she's only, she's like a year, just over a year older than me. And I'm like, hmm. oh, I'm going to be 30 in like a year and a bit. And I'm like, shit. Yeah, I had that thought recently, <laughs> like, in a few years, I'm turning 30, oh no. Ah, you still got a few years, you're good. Yeah. You're, good, right? <laughs> you're still a youngin'. <laughs> kind of, not really. <laughs> Once you hit the big 2-5, man, I don't know, but that's a, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that's right, a- like, man, now I'm, now I'm like, I, like, I, I turned 27 this year, mm-hmm. and I'm like, am I really that old? Like, am I really in my you know, late twenties or whatever, like, like actually like where, where did time go? It's a crazy thing, man, for sure. To even just stop and think about it. It's like, Holy shit. You think back even like for us, like, you know, we saw the turn of the century, you know, we, we were there for, you know, internet coming in and high speed internet and things like that. And, you know, stuff that nowadays seems so, like, you know, I, I have people that I know that were not alive when, you know, the century turned. And they're like, you know, they're out driving around now. And I'm like, well, what the hell? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's a like, crazy thought. <laughs> man, it's messed up. <laughs> anyway, um, so as far as when did you start? singing when what when, when about was that and kind of going from from that thought when did screaming come into the picture and did you ever take any lessons for any kind of singing or anything or was it all just kind of you were like yeah, i'm just gonna start doing this and see what happens um yeah with singing i i did take lessons i started taking um well okay so i started wanting to learn how to sing uh because I started playing music, uh, like I said, around when I was 14, uh, like playing guitar or whatever and uh, trying to like start bands and all that kind of stuff. And um, and then realizing that I'm going to need some training if I'm going to try and sing because, you know, singing is not easy. And like I didn't want to just like, you know, like just do it. I wanted to, you know, know what I'm doing. So I took some private lessons and um 
and like around that same time i also started playing bass i got my first bass and um and also around that same time i was in like i started my first band uh or like my first band that was like actually doing things yeah um, not a facebook band like a real like yeah uh, yeah that's exactly I, that's, like yeah. We, we made music you could go and listen to it yeah <laughs> we were called right before she falls we were terrible we sounded like you know <laughs> like a terrible screamo band and uh and uh no and 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 in during when when that band was starting out like with I don't remember exactly like the, the order of events right now, but you know, with it, within a very short period of time, within probably a half a year, uh, I both started that band and I started uh, taking vocal lessons, and then I also started uh, playing bass like on the side, and um, and and yeah, and in the beginning uh, of right before she falls, when we did our first show. Uh, I remember I was so, like I, I was the screamer because our screamer that we originally had left after like the first band practice and and like I guess like I decided that I knew how to do it or whatever I, like I don't know how that came about but like you know w one thing led to the next and then I wasn't just singing I was screaming too and I think when we started that band I was supposed to play guitar and play keyboards on like on the side but uh like very quickly i became just a vocalist and then it like like it switched like our lineup switched a little bit and you know and we found somebody to be a screamer and i started focusing more on like playing an instrument while singing and then also doing uh like synths and like stuff like that and also back then we didn't have backing tracks like the way we have them today not because like you know technology but because we just didn't know any better uh we just had ever all our all our synth tracks uh like pre-recorded and then i i would trigger them live with this like big boss looper pedal so i had to like stomp on the right pedal at the right time while like singing and playing bass and it was Holy a mess crap. it was a mess definitely not a lot of room for error on that no, <laughs> for sure yeah. next thing you know the wrong loops going you're like uh <laughs> yeah backing track saved my life i'm glad I, I never have to use that looper pedal again i mean it shows some skill i think for sure where it's like you know you have to trigger stuff yeah. yourself but yeah backing tracks are a very underrated tool that can be used nowadays um don't get me wrong you know some people i think can abuse them a little bit sometimes but uh you know if you have keyboards and and stuff like that that you can't necessarily play while sure, you're yeah. playing bass and singing or whatever there's nothing wrong with it at all if anything it takes another side of things i was just having this conversation um I don't know if you're familiar with words like wildfire at all, but uh, AJ yeah. was just on the show last week and we were literally having this conversation where he's like, you know, it's funny that you're, if you're playing to a backing track, you have to be perfectly on time at all times or else. Oh yeah. You're screwed. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. As soon as like, if the drummer goes off time and you got like synths playing on that, you know, on the time that it's supposed to be, then you know, you're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna be hearing that something's off. Like most people are gonna notice. And um, like we've even, uh, we've even had uh, like 
like I think we've had that happen more than once. Like, well, I know we've had that happen more than once live where we had our backing tracks set up wrong uh, for one reason or another. And it basically led to like the metronome, the click coming uh. through. And actually, like funny story, the very first Her Majesty the King show was in Cambridge, uh, Ontario in uh, 2011. And we like when we uh, yeah. And when we played that show, I remember our for some reason. Yeah, like I guess it was set up wrong or maybe it was exported wrong, but our clicks were coming uh, through and the audience could hear that tit, 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 tit. Oh, and uh, and yeah and like every time a song started like obviously that would come on and like the whole time I remember thinking like no way like that's gonna be our first show as a band da, 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 da. and then like we finished playing and everyone were like oh my god you guys were so good like that thing you do like click 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 that's so different and the promoter came to us and he's oh like goodness. man like how like like that was so cool like you guys have such a unique sound like how do you get that sound going where it's like click 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 and just thinking like like okay like do people like but but that's the <laughs> thing about playing on stage that like i guess like i realized then was that you know if you're not like acting like something's wrong like exactly. like visibly acting something's wrong then the audience isn't going to know that some like if you're acting like that's how it's supposed to be that's what they're going to think that it's supposed to be like that's it man if it just just kayfabe it if you yeah. know oh shit something's going wrong but you don't sell it yeah just don't panic no one will know what's wrong i've had <laughs> i've had i have the privilege of the privilege what the hell did i just say uh, the privilege of knowing lots of you know fantastic musicians and people i've interviewed over the years who you know will I'll see them play and they'll come off the stage and say, oh man, I was, I was, I, I had the worst performance because here's what happened here and here's what happened here. And I'm like, that was one of the best shows I've ever seen. So I don't know <laughs> what the hell you're talking about, but yeah. And I mean, obviously as someone who, you know, was a, is a guitar player and was a guitar tech and stuff like that, I'll notice if, oh, you know, something messed up with the guitar or, oh, he missed a chord or something. Shit happens. It's live music, you know, like, so long as you don't completely, you know, fuck up to the point where you have to stop the song. Right. Who yeah. cares? It's all a good fun, you know? And you, the fact that you had people coming up to you saying, oh, you guys have such a unique sound with the click. That just tickled me because I'm just picturing you just like, oh, thanks. Yeah. You like like that was track. totally on purpose, <laughs> you know, like we meant to do that. I would have ran with it, man. I would have released a demo with like just <laughs> the click track <laughs> demo. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. That's actually I'm gonna write so that funny. down in case I uh you know I need some more music ideas. Yeah, man. Click just track. release a song with a click track. <laughs> a tale of well clicked characters. Nah, stupid. Exactly. That's stupid. <laughs> I don't know why that tickles me so much. I'm just like uh I'm just picturing like I, I guess because I'm just picturing you like, obviously you're you don't want to be like, really, especially yeah. a promoter. Like you'd think like he's probably seen thousands of shows and you know he doesn't right. know what's up with yeah. that. It's like whatever. A again, as long as they had fun and they were entertaining, they liked you. Who cares, right? <laughs> yeah, and no, yeah. The the funny thing was the promoter was actually like somebody in the scene. He also like plays instruments. Was also in a band. Um, 
And like he, he was like a nice guy, a smart guy, a guy who knows what he's doing. Um, his band played Warp Tour. Like he really like he's not the kind of guy that you think wouldn't notice it. You know what I mean? But like he was legit. Like oh, like that was supposed to be like that. And mostly just because no, but none of us like really like made a commotion about it. Exactly. Yeah, and like I've been in that position once before where like like there's actually a fight that breaks up on stage during your performance between the bandmates. I mean, oh, like an sure. argument and like, I've seen that happen like to multiple bands, multiple times. Right. But it's like, yeah, like, like that's, that's when a crowd notices that something's wrong. When like a member is yelling at another member, like, yo, like, you know, like whatever, like, you can clear Turn down an your argument. Fucking amp. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> I don't want to like I I I kind of don't want to reference the specific story. Sure, like, of course, yeah, yeah, because like the, the the like the person like involved in that like they're also still active and like at the end of the day like you know like shit happens and mm -hmm. like you know we all like learn from it, move on, grow, and like you know become better. And, you know, yeah, and I wish him all the best. But, like, that day, I just remember, like, or, like, in that moment, I just remember, like, looking at him and then looking at the crowd and looking at him and looking at the crowd and be like, what is going on right now? <laughs> yeah. You, you have two options. Either you you keep just in your own bubble and, right. just, and just keep playing away and whatever happens, happens. But then... If people are literally screaming at each other, I mean, you can't ignore because then you're like, why is this guy ignoring his bandmates screaming at each other? Right. And like when you're on stage, like not not everybody does that and whatnot. But like I feel like it's a normal it's sort of a normal state to like kind of develop a persona or a character that like you you kind of step into those shoes when you mm -hmm. step on stage and like, you know, separate that from like how you usually are. Um, and like. It definitely breaks the character immediately when somebody's like, you know, like part of your team is like, yo, like da 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 da, and people in the crowd are like, it's not supposed to happen. Like, is that part of the act? And like, you know, it's it's clearly not. Like, yeah, it's it's just it's just, you know, it was it was a shitty experience, and I don't wish it on anyone. But like, that's honestly like that's the only time that like I spoke to like um an audience member after and they were like yeah like what's up with that like i clearly noticed obviously that like you know what was that what was going on on stage and um but yeah but like the stuff with the click tracks i think like i said like I, it happened to us multiple times where like the clicks came came through the monitors and like i think only on one occasion it was pointed out by a person who actually used click tracks in their band and like you know obviously if they didn't notice it like i don't know who would you know oh for sure i mean it's just it is what it is like there's stuff like that's gonna happen you know that's the that's the beauty of of that's the beauty and the curse of live music right there's stuff that's gonna right. happen and once you're in it there's just you gotta just you're along for the ride at that point basically oh yeah <laughs> for sure well Speaking with, you know, talking about Her Majesty the King's first show, I'm curious, obviously, you know, you mentioned like there was a couple bands that you were in early on and kind of before you really got heavy with Her Majesty the King, but 
when exactly did Her Majesty the King start? And was that a band that you formed or did you join Her Majesty the King? Oh, uh, yeah, I formed Her Majesty the King and it kind of like it started originally when I was planning on leaving uh, my old band right before she falls. And I sort of, you know, started looking into, hey, who could I start a new band with? And, like, if I do this, I want to have the right group of people. Because at the time, like, we had a lot of, like, it was, like, kind of a toxic environment in my old band. And, like, uh, you know, like I, like, I was a kid. I was being a dick, too. So, like, I, you know. And, and at the end, like, yeah, I just kind of found this, like, you know, group of people I was happy with. And we, uh, we started what was, like, the foundations of Her Majesty the King in, uh, early 2011 right on i mean you you guys had some definitely some early stuff you were working on as well was the plan with her majesty the king right from the get-go like okay we're gonna have because you guys kind of um in a good way kind of bounce back and forth as far as like i'm not someone who gets super hung up on genres but i know a lot of people are mm-hmm. I, I find that you guys kind of go back and forth as far as you know, sometimes, um, sometimes you're a, you know, kind of straight up metal core. Sometimes maybe you have a little bit more of like, a uh, uh, just a straight up rock tendency, you know, and you go back to 2011 with the hereditary, like that to me, you guys going from that record to your latest record, which we're definitely, of course, going to talk about, and that I did cover on the show a little while ago, A Tale of Well-Connected Characters, there's growth there, obviously, because it's, you know, eight years apart. Mm-hmm. How was the process for you as far as, obviously, you know, I'm assuming there was, you know, there's been lineup changes and things of that nature, of course. That's the nature with any band. How was things with you going from when you started out kind of having a, okay, this is kind of what we are to me. It seems like, Hey, we're kind of just straight up more metal Corey type stuff. Whereas with the tale of what connected characters, it's like, don't get me wrong. It's still definitely that, but it's almost like there's a little more, I guess what I'm trying to say is a little more experimentation. So run me through how things were in the beginning with the recording of their hereditary compared to a tale of what connected characters and the writing process. Okay. So, um, I guess it all in a way, like the, the, uh, recording process, uh, started, um, like it, it started from us, I guess. Yeah. Like we'll start, we'll start from the writing. Um, if, if that's cool with you, I guess it'll be, it'll be easier to like, like explain all the context but like in terms of like how we came about like how the heredity ep came about um was like yeah when uh, her majesty was starting out uh it was like the the original lineup before we even had a name uh it was myself uh andrew mcgregor on guitar and nicola sudano on drums and we also had uh, like one like one of the early people that we worked with was Nick uh, from Lungless. Um, and basically, uh, originally we had these three songs that we were working on. Uh, it's Showtime, Be Quiet, and Walk South. And eventually, after practicing them for a while and and 
kind of like reworking them a bit. We ended up sort of uh, like not not necessarily like getting shafted, but like in a way, <laughs> I want to say like we like we had we had like some other members that came in and like eventually they didn't necessarily want to work with myself and Andrew. And we decided, hey, like we're just going to like, you know, continue what we're working on with some other people. And uh, we came um we came across uh cam and adam who were also two members like uh in the like first official lineup adam used to uh uh do harsh vocals and cam was the guitarist and he also uh was like a producer type um like member and uh basically yeah we we came across those guys we brought those three songs to them and they already had uh a couple songs written as well and um yeah we kind of like we we sort of merged w- both of what we were doing into like one thing and uh uh and like that was when we officially like you know came out with the band her majesty um and then nicola ended up coming on the first tour with us he, uh, he didn't do all the dates but he like you know he he still he, he did some of them and then um he was there for the second tour i'm pretty sure or the, or the third tour you know and then he like rejoined officially at some point so we kind of yeah like that lineup that we started with did end up uh also being like you know partially the main lineup for uh the heredity ep but we also had uh cam there and adam and uh also avery uh from uh words of qualifier who you mentioned earlier he used to play uh bass for us uh at that at that point and uh yeah and like we we had a few other members that came came and went for like shorter periods of time yeah sometimes it's almost like it can be a very um not in a negative way it's just sometimes it can almost be like uh a, a quick cup of coffee hey let's jam for a while this is kind of cool is this a good fit uh maybe not let's you know part ways let's move on go work on other stuff you know Mm-hmm, it's yeah. interesting, you know, how it can be such a some people can get really hung up on it where it's like, oh, well, this person used to play in this band and oh, but they left that band. So I I, I don't want to listen to that band yeah. or like people can get really hung up on it. And me, I'm just like, who cares? It's all fun. As long as it's good music, it, that's all that matters. Yeah, right? It's yeah, it's not that like I think, yeah, some people are very uh, like, I guess, anal about it and they're like. Or like maybe they hold grudges or whatever, or they're very sensitive, so they don't want to like you know interact or like even like think about like previous people they've worked with. But mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's always just been like, hey, like you know, that's part of like how I got here. That's part of how we got here. Like, um, yeah. So and 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 at the end of the day, like you know, like even if you. Even if things ended up like kind of like in a negative way or whatever with a certain person, you 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 got you got to look at like you know the positive times, like the good memories and whatnot. And I think with with ninety percent or I mean ninety nine percent of the people I've worked with, you know, I'm on good terms. Even if you know there was some beef or whatever. For sure, and also I mean that was you know, freaking. You know, ten years ago, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so people, yeah, pretty much, like, you know, you so. can't, like, yeah, you can't hold grudges like that. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, even like, 
in, in in our circle, we kind of have this like inside joke of like, yeah, like, oh, like you've been in Her Majesty the King. Who hasn't been in Her Majesty? The King? <laughs> That's funny. Like yeah. I said, I mean, you know, you mentioned just because you know you mentioned them earlier like even like with avery i was kind of like oh really interesting like yeah, Nick, yeah like oh interesting like that's just interesting little timbits of information thrown in there <laughs> and that always that always makes me chuckle because it's like you just never know when who's, who hasn't been in her majesty the king that's funny right. so that's, that's trivia for you <laughs> if you if you play guitar or bass metalcore style music at all in kind of that region of Ontario, you've probably been in Her Majesty the King. Let's be it's probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you have a sense of humor about that because that's just uh, <laughs> that, that's funny. You man. Got him, man, for sure. Yeah. But so, like you mentioned, like some touring and stuff like that. Um, before we kind of get into more kind of what you're doing now and lately, what was kind of some of the touring you guys did? Like, was it just mostly like kind of across Ontario or? Ah, uh, yeah. As Her Majesty, like we we mostly just toured Ontario, and um, we've also played in uh, Quebec a couple times, like in Montreal and uh, in um, uh, Sherbrooke. We played we played once over there as well. Um, but yeah, mostly I would say yeah, mostly just Ontario. Right on. Well, I mean, it's even going from you know, playing one end of Ontario to the other or whatever. I mean, that's a, that's not a, a, a you know, a laughable drive. Like that's a, <laughs> if you're oh, driving yeah. for more than a couple hours, I mean, to me, I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I consider that a little, if you're going on a tour of any kind at all, I, I I'd say that's a tour. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And like, I'm, I'm very grateful to live where I live and like, you know, in Ontario and having mm-hmm. uh, like the luxury of having so many towns so close together right because you know if you've ever talked to bands uh in from the states when they come Mm -hmm. uh tour canada like like they're usually not even used to having such short drives comparing to you know what they usually have to do Mm -hmm. in the states right where or you know if they if they have three shows in ontario like it's it's gonna be like pretty close together in comparison oh for sure especially where you because you're you're near vaughn correct in what you're near Vaughn, correct? What? Oh yeah, near Vaughn. I thought you were yeah. saying. Uh, I, never mind. I thought you say <laughs> something about Nirvana. You're Nirvana, right? Never mind. I was like, I'm uh-huh. not in Nirvana. No. I'm definitely I'm not, not. I am not in the band Nirvana. No, that's. <laughs> well, it's just funny you were mentioning like being from around that area. Like that's a really good spot too. Like because there's in that area, I find there's been a lot of great bands that have come out of there, but also. You know, going to Toronto isn't a big deal. You know, going to north from there isn't a big deal. Heading out, you know, more um, east isn't a big deal. Like, it's it's kind of a very good location to be a band it that is, wants to yeah. kind of get stuff done. Yeah, it's, like, very much in the center, and it's, like, mm-hmm. everything's accessible. And, um, yeah, when I, was, when, when I was in high school, I used to live in Richmond Hill, and there, the Viva uh, uh, Blue goes down all the way from like you know new market terminal to uh to finch station so basically anytime there was any concert me and my friends would get together hop on the viva blue and then just go downtown so it it, it wasn't even like you know it wasn't even a struggle to like get around well that's awesome it's always interesting you know like i, I mentioned to you earlier like you know i grew up for 20 
plus years in a small town, you know, in the middle of, you know, bumfuck nowhere. So it's like, for me, the thought of you know, anytime I would go to even Oshawa or Toronto, it was like kind of a big deal. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it's always funny. Like, oh, we just jumped on the train and went it. I'm like, shit, yep. that must've been cool. That must've been cool. <laughs> but getting back into Majesty of the King, obviously, you know, talk about the early years and the first record and that compared to kind of the most recent stuff that you've been doing with Her Majesty the King. Obviously, A Tale of Well-Connected Characters. You you were working on that record for a, for a couple of years, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think or oh yeah, for like with that for a few years. Um, so originally we started working on it in 2016. I think some of the stuff I even started writing back in 2015. And, uh, yeah, and then basically that was like a period of time when the band was like started going through like more changes, uh, more lineup changes. And also at the same time coming back from like a bit of a hiatus, mm-hmm. um, cause I think, yeah, like around like 2014 ish, early 2015, um, well, no, we did a few shows early 2015, but then for most of 2015, we didn't do much um but then uh yeah like it 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 was it was it was kind of like um like we had uh, like okay so i had a certain idea in mind for what i was imagining the her majesty the king album being around like 2015 2016 at that time i was really into like some melodic hardcore and some like heavier stuff but also some like I don't know, more like polished, well-structured stuff. And yeah, like I guess some some of the bands I was listening to were like Being as an Ocean and um, Defeater and Stick to Your Guns and some The Ghost Inside and For the Fallen Dreams. Yeah, and so like there was a lot of that like melodic hardcore-ish mm-hmm. sounding stuff going on. And um yeah, so I, like I kind of envisioned like you know an album that was that would sound that would have that to it, right? Maybe have some spoken word and whatnot, and um, yeah, and like at at that time the lineup again, like I said, was switching, and uh, eventually I started recording uh, that album with a couple people. Um, I think uh, Paul was one of them, and Neil was one of them, and uh, yeah, and then we had more member changes as we were recording. And certain stuff was getting delayed. Uh, more member changes. Then we fo- were focusing on touring instead of uh, releasing. And, you know, and then there's like there's there's certain things that were like, I would say, like internal band things that if I would go into detail, it would be like, you know, it, it, it would maybe be a bit too much information and sure, like, of course, yeah. kind of ruin the mystique of like what happens behind the scene. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I, I don't necessarily want to paint anyone in any certain light. Like, I just feel like at the end of the day, like, if this is your group, if this is your team and you're not delivering, then it's on all of you, you know? So, like, regardless on who you know, was maybe holding the project back, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, we had him in the project, like, you know, who, you know, who was forcing us to do that? Nobody. Exactly, so, yeah. You know, if, like, this this was all in our hands this whole time. And that's, that's kind of how I look at it. For you know? sure. And I mean, sometimes just, 
you'll fight to like, oh, I want to work with this person. And then just after a while, it's like, okay, we just don't have that chemistry that it right, just doesn't yeah. work. It can happen, you know? Yeah. Sometimes they just also like have a different, you know, like, like, like even if they have similar uh, priorities to you, like the way they, they approach it is different. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and they can, they can have a different vision. You exactly. Know? Like, I, yeah. I get the vibe if I'm talking to you and like you even said earlier, like kind of, you know, her majesty, the King is kind of, I, I think it's safe to say is kind of very much your baby in a way. And, Definitely, you know, yeah. with this record, you know, it's like, I, I get the feeling like you had a very specific vision for what you wanted with this. And like, okay, this is what I think it should be. And, you know, if, if someone doesn't have the same thoughts, you know, there's nothing wrong with just saying, okay, let's just move on. Right. Yeah. And like I, but I would like, I, I I would definitely like paint it in a slightly different coat of paint because it's not necessarily like oh like if you don't agree with my vision oh sure like, yeah you know because like and and that's the other thing like I think um I think we just uh, we haven't covered this yet but like with Her Majesty the King um and even with well well let's just say specific to Her Majesty the King. With this band, uh, I've always been from the beginning, uh, like the primary songwriter, and not because like of like a control thing, like sure, yeah. like oh yeah, like you know I write the songs and this yeah, and the, I write yeah. the songs, bro. Right, right. <laughs> like, and it's been always more of a um, okay. Well, like uh, like anyone has anyone written anything, whatever. Like, oh that's what you wrote cool like you wrote you you oh you can only write a part sure oh like you only know how to write like breakdowns or whatever sure like i'll use what i got with the people i'm working with and like take what they can bring to the table and then like do the rest or fill in the blanks or sometimes the opposite like I'll, i'll come up with an idea and be like here's a song like literally like we can do anything you want with it like maybe i'll you know obviously if there's a part i love i'll be like yeah like don't take that out but like you know we can do anything we want with it whatever go nuts right but like you like i find that like that's like in a perfect world like you you'll present a song to people and then everyone will contribute yeah for sure they'll reality Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Okay, but like, yeah. yeah, like the reality is is that like different people have different skill sets, and then like like we like I said before, different priorities. They have a different approach to that. So, you know, like they can't, they can't even if they want to contribute the way that like you know like another person does, they might just not be able to like mm-hmm. in multiple ways. For yeah. sure. Some people have their strengths, you know, yeah, it's like exactly. you could have someone who's the best damn riff writer in the business, but they can't structure a song, a song worth shit or right, they can't. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Hey, this person writes fantastic riffs, but they don't know what to do with them. Right. Or, exactly. you know, this person writes great lyrics, but can't write melodies to save their life. Like, it's just I think, you know, the whole thing is what you're saying too you know is like i always analogate things to food i guess because i'm a fat guy it's like okay here's this steak okay this is steak and then someone goes hey man 
what if I put a little pepper on that? And you're like, okay, I'm for it. You know, and then like, oh, if I put a little bit of garlic butter on that, you're like, okay, I'm for it. Okay. Or like, just, you know, stuff like that. It's like, hey, what? what, It's like, let's make it better. Let's, you know, uh, it's like, oh, I, I got this great, you know, this great verse. Oh, I got this chorus. Check this out. And it's like, oh, shit. Okay. We got a song now. Exactly. Yeah. And like a lot of a lot of the stuff that uh, like that is Her Majesty the King music, uh, I would say like most of it is a collaborative effort. Sure. It's uh, like even even stuff that is like, you know, like mostly me is still not like, oh, you know, I sat down and I was like, you know, with an iron fist, you I know, shot like down it's going to be my way or the soul. highway. Yeah. And like. And and also like yeah I, I guess that's really important to make that uh, distinction because well first of all I kind of I had a phase where I was like 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 I said in my in my old band like you know when I was like sixteen seventeen right before she falls I think I, I brought that up before I was kind of a dick like I I wasn't aware of it but like you know like whatever like you you're 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 a teenager you like. You're, then you look back at it, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I was being an asshole, so how can I not be that? And you learn to not be that. And, like, yeah, and um, and so, like, w- like w- and with that band, I felt like one of the reasons why or how I was being an asshole was because I was being too controlling. Or, like, I, I, like, there was a lot of stuff that I would write and then bring a whole song to the band and then somebody would be like, oh, like, what if I make this change? And I would be like, Nah, like I hear it like this and like, you know, I was a dick about it. And so like, that's why when Her Majesty the King started out, like it was really important for me that like, I'm not going to like repeat the same mistakes and not going to do that. And then also like, like just from seeing other people's experiences, like I like I kind of learned recently that it's not necessarily always a bad thing to be that guy that's like hey like that's the way it is and like period because sometimes things don't get done otherwise so i mean different things work in different circumstances i i just found that like you know like being that guy doesn't work for me because i want to work with people and people don't want to work with assholes so if you're gonna be an asshole to people like because (laughs) you're like you know super picky about that bend being a quarter bend and not a three-quarter bend or whatever yeah then like it then it's just like yeah like then then make a solo project like a full-on solo project and do that there you know everything yourself yeah do everything (laughs) yourself you know yeah like I, i i i have like i have that too you know like a side thing where it's just music that i'm just making by myself but that's like you know that's a thing like that's one thing and then like being in a band working with people that's a different story like you know like they're not like you're like you know they're not like you're they're not working for you they're working with you like it's a team they're not just like a bunch of hired guns that you're bringing into okay so then you know this is how this is played now play it that way and like i said like there's a place for that too like Mm -hmm. you know like and you can do that like totally without being an asshole like if you're like a solo musician and you need a backing band you know i have friends that play in like you know solo musicians backing bands um uh, nicola actually being one of them in matthew runaway's band and uh yeah and like from what i know like matthew is a great guy he's like super nice he's super chill and like he fully takes like nicola's opinions and everything 
you know, in into consideration and whatnot, and you know, treats them with respect. And it's like, yeah, like even in that case, like you you just you don't gotta be a dick about it. But like in my case, it's also just like it was always really important for me in Her Majesty that like I get to experience working with people, not just saying that I worked with people. So like I'm always like pushing the the members and like some honestly sometimes too hard to like get stuff done get stuff released get stuff recorded you know and like yeah and like i said some people it's just like it's not necessarily like if you have uh like a family to worry about or you have Mm -hmm. like you know you're you're currently going through like some huge financial you know whatever you know it's not necessarily the play it the place to have a guy like call you up every day like yo so what's the update or like yo so here's the update you know and like i kind of learned that along the way too for sure it's like it's like anything creative and i mean you know i I said this to people who asked me about starting podcasts with co-hosts and stuff i'm like listen someone has to be the point person you have to have someone who is the uh, quote-unquote leader there there just has to be or yeah. else nothing's going to get done. And right. you have to be – if you have to be the, the the point man, so to speak, and be like, okay, hey, guys, so here's what's going on with this. And, hey, you know, I need – like, okay, hey, Ted, here – go – here's some riffs that we have. Maybe you can work on them and try and work something out. And yeah, Ted. Two, yeah, two, three weeks later, hey, Ted. Where the fuck's the riffs, homie? What's going on? It's like, yeah, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry, man. I ended up playing COD all all day. Right, exactly. Well, what the fuck, Ted? Where's the damn riffs? <laughs> like, it's right. just... <laughs> yeah, and then it's kind of it's fucked because like you you feel bad too, like being yeah. in that like like you feel bad like having to like press or push on that person, but at the same time you're like. You know, like once you're done feeling bad, you start being angry because you're like, yeah. well, I'm sitting here on my ass all day, like da 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 da, like, and like, yeah, and 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 you know, and it makes you feel stuck a little bit, and like that's like, I I guess that's the other like the flip side, the other coin, the other side of the coin of working with, uh, you know, gr- like a group of people or you know, just like generally with working with people is that like you're only as strong as your weakest link and if if the people you're working with are not producing work then yeah then it makes you stuck in the same spot for sure and i mean like i said you know it's like that with anything creative when you're dealing with other people it's like that even just working with people if someone doesn't do their part the whole thing is on a standstill so it's like i can absolutely and i'm sure everyone can understand that like you know sometimes you have to just hey man What's going on, Ted? Come on. Like, let's. <laughs> hey, Ted. You know, yeah, I don't know who Ted is, but uh, he's not doing his part, man. Oh, Ted's, Ted's, Ted's going to be the name of my co host, too, you know, <laughs> just for the sake of the joke. But <laughs> that's funny, man. Um, but as far as kind of as we slowly get ready to kind of wrap it up here, um, with Her Majesty the King right now, obviously, a tale of well connected characters. What is just kind of the, the quick synopsis? And anyone who wants to uh, hear my full thoughts on that record, as well as hearing the record in its entirety, if for some bizarre reason you haven't yet, 
I feel like if you listen to this, you're probably very familiar with it. But if for some reason you haven't heard it, uh, you can go check out episode 237 of The Hotter Show as we do a, a full showcase of that fantastic record with lots of tasty riffs and awesome vocal hooks and uh, lots of lots of good, good stuff that you guys are going to thoroughly enjoy. Even if you've heard it, go check it out anyway because it's a great record. You can also find it everywhere you find your music. What is just kind of in a nutshell a tale of well-connected characters? Um, it's in a. I mean, in a way, it's it's it could be whatever you want it to be. Like I think I think songs are good. Lyrics are best when when you could leave them open to interpretation, sure. and like. Yeah, and and a tale of all connected characters w- was in at one t- at one point of time, it meant like one thing to the people that were working on it, and then you know as because originally um like like fun little bit of trivia originally we got this album artwork as like literally the first thing that we pitched on together as a band so we bought the album artwork back in 2011 and oh, it was wow. sitting on the shelf until 2019 when end of 2019 when it was released and um so and and back then you know that the just the title a tale of all connected characters and uh like you know there's a bit of a story about the girl on that on the album artwork i'm not sure if you want to get into that right now as well but at the time like that phrase i remember that was uh, I think I think it was Avery's friend or something that said uh, like that that like said to him, uh, oh, wow, it's like, well, connect the characters or something like that. And so then when we were hanging out one night, you know, uh, that was brought up and uh, eventually that kind of was molded into a tale of all connected characters. But like it, it's it sort of started from the concept of, you know, we're all connected and not like in a like arbitrary like spiritual way. Well, like in that way too, I'm sure. But we're all connected in in the sense that like you know, like for instance, like you know, you're providing a platform right now for me to speak about this project, and like that might like you know like make somebody in a band that I work with you know, message you and be like, yo, like, you know, would you be interested in interviewing me? And like, you mm-hmm. might end up talking to them and find out that actually like that guy is Garrett's third cousin. Yeah. And, yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and, and, and also like once you kind of like, like the, like the world really feels like, you know, like everyone is distant and like, you know, like sometimes you go through shit where like you feel like you're the only one going through this shit. But then, like, once you really start kind of breaking it down more, opening the conversation with, like, literally anyone, like, about literally anything, like, you start finding out, like, hey, like, we're we're literally, like, you know, we're, we're kind of all going through the same shit, like, in different ways, you know? And, like, we're kind of, like, all in this together and all get affected by all these things, you know? Like, just as much in different ways, but just as much, right? Oh, for sure. And I mean, it's it's interesting because, I mean, like you were just saying, especially for me, I think kind of more at, at the end there when you were talking about how, like, we're all connected and, you know, so many people are going through so much similar things. Obviously, everyone's story is unique, but 
it's like, you know, basically you're not alone because yeah. you're connected somehow. And that's really cool, man, because that's that's kind of the vibe I got from it. Then also I knew that there's kind of a story. So if you're someone who's really into storytelling songwriting in a way that's vague and not like just so on the nose, you know exactly what he's talking about you know go check it out the record if you haven't heard it because it, it's a really fun listen and you know i'm someone who is such a fan of people who you know as much as i love to sometimes dissect lyrics and things like that i also love when an artist says to me like you know it's just it's it's whatever you want it to be it's very vague there's a quote um from aaron lewis from stained when he was asked one time about lyrics, he said, he said, listen, he said, it is whatever you need it to be. When he says, I keep things perfectly vague because mm-hmm. my story and what this song means to me could ruin the song for you. Right. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I thought about that and I went, wow, like, cause I mean, I think even like Sean Morgan Seether said that once too, where he's like, what if I don't like to talk about song meanings? Cause what if my meaning sucks? What if I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, the song's about taking a shit. And it's like, oh, I thought it was about like releasing. I, I don't even, obviously this isn't a part of the quote. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm butchering this fucking quote right now, but it's like, oh, I thought it was about like releasing bad things inside you. And he's like, well, yeah, taking a shit, you know, it's like, just, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so sometimes the world needs that, which is very vague and it's just a good listen and a good story. And like, you're just being taken on a ride on a tale of well-connected characters. Exactly. Damn right. That's it, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel that. And like, yeah, I guess, I guess that's like the, that general uh, idea, like the whole, a tale of well-connected characters, you know, like essentially we're, we're all those connected characters. Like we are, you know, all, well-connected characters in a way and um yeah and 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 definitely you know like it definitely touches on uh some themes of you know you're not alone like i you know i'm glad i'm glad you like picked that out of it um and and but but yeah but every song even if it does have a theme or like a story behind it it's still trying to convey this like overall story that is more vague and more open for interpretation because like like yeah like you said like if you already like for instance if you already have something that that song maybe made you think of or you know feel my explanation would would just take away from it you know exactly and obviously there are some times where an explanation for a song can make it even more extreme and may make it even mean more to to some people depending on the song but then also like you said what if it doesn't what if it changes it for the you know for the not for the better for you so Mm -hmm. that's really cool man i always love i love just i could sit and talk to people about songwriting processes and stuff for hours because it just it's always fascinates me and it's always so interesting to hear you know, songwriters kind of point of view on, on lyrics and things like that. It always, uh, is really, really interesting to me. But as far as kind of before we, before we get ready to go here, and I mean, I really appreciate you taking the time, man, especially as late of a night as it is. I'm not even going to say what time it is because it's, uh, excuse me, pretty late. (laughs) So I appreciate you helping it out for me here. Um, 
But just before we go, I'm curious real quick, um, on top of obviously being a fantastic musician, I mentioned earlier that you kind of wear a couple other hats as well. Um, you are a uh, booking agent with the foundation agency. What's, uh, kind of what's, what's the deal with that real quick? So the foundation agency is a booking agency. It's also a management company or a record label or whatever you need it to be. We're essentially a company that you can come to to help you build the foundation to your music career. Uh, Whatever it is that you need, uh, we can provide probably like as like like uh, as as far as like as far as services, it ranges anywhere from management and and booking but also like to like you know video and like production and like um like counseling and anything like that ghost writing and like basically it's just a platform where i can help out bands you know make make a future for themselves in this scene with the tools that i have awesome well it's it's cool because another you know uh just for the sake of the pun, another tale of Wildcracker characters is the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, the homies in Don Valley are uh, associated with you guys, correct? Yes, they are. So, yeah, yeah. The homies in Don Valley. It's just my, one of my Don one Val. of my favorites. Love those guys. Um, yeah. On top of that, also, you do a little bit of graphic uh, design work. If you want to talk about that real quick before we go. Uh, sure. Yeah, I recently launched my uh, portfolio as a website. Uh, you can find it at atonsdesigns.com. And uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been putting in a lot of work into that. Um, I design cover art uh, for, you know, for music, for albums and singles. And I design uh, logos, flyers, posters. Um, I also like do some video work. Uh, I can design merchandise and other stuff. So yeah, if you if if somebody who's listening is interested in my services or checking them out, uh, go check it out and yeah, and uh, give me a shout. We'll work on something together for sure. Now, last question, kind of a staple here on the show to end off every single episode I do with a musician here. Real quick, tell me either your favorite show that you've ever played or on the flip side. Uh, the worst show you've ever played. That's kind of a funny story. Wait, favorite show I've ever played. Like, what? What do you mean? Like, favorite show you've ever played, as far as like playing a a, a show, like a concert, or? Oh, okay. My bad. It's it's getting late. I'm thinking That's TV okay. show. I'm like, I've never <laughs> like, performed. You want, you want to talk about a TV show? What? No, yeah, just for your favorite your favorite concert you've ever performed. Uh, that yeah. or like the worst? Because some people, you know, I, I've heard every type of story as far as like just a funny story from like the worst show ever or a really mo- moment that was just really cool for you that you had on stage. Um. Okay. Uh. Damn. I don't know. I don't know if there's like a favorite show, and I guess I'd rather not talk about like worse because you know, like especially sure. at the end, you want to finish on a high note. <laughs> but um, yeah, like recently, uh, we played. Uh, recently, I mean, it's been a while ago, but recently we played at uh, Steve Fest, and uh, in Toronto, and that was pretty sweet. Um, I'm forgetting exactly when that was. That was at the end of summer. 
it's uh, it was uh, my buddy Steve's birthday, and uh, he does this thing at the end of the year every year, like called Steve Fest, where he celebrates awesome. his birthday with like a music festival. And uh, yeah, and this year was pretty dope. Like we had a good turnout, and it was just like it was just a good time all around. Like you know when you got the right collection of like people in the room, and like it's just a good vibes all around. Yeah, like that. It, it was what it was. It was just a good night. Oh, for sure, man. That's awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. I appreciate you toughing it out and staying up so late to so that we could finally get this episode done. It's been so much fun oh, getting it's to my talk pleasure. to you, man. Definitely. And you'll find all the links to all of uh, Aiden's projects down below in the description of this podcast. And before we go, the only thing I have left to say is Ted, get those fucking ribs done. Fucking Ted. <laughs> all right, brother. Thanks a lot. Talk all to right, you later. man. Have a good one. All right, folks, there you have it. My chat with Aiden Melody of Her Majesty the King. Hope that you guys enjoyed it. And thank you so very much for the continued support of this podcast. We try and have fun here, especially with all the craziness going on in the world right now. You know, I, I personally had a little bit of a uh, <laughs> of an interesting last couple of weeks here. I'm not getting into it right now because I'm going to be getting into it this Sunday on the 250th episode live cast. Be sure to check it out on YouTube, 9 p.m. Go on the Harder Show YouTube channel. Just type in the Harder Show and it'll be right there. Be sure to subscribe so you get notified when I do go live. We have a lot of fun things to talk about. Hoping to get some fun Q&A happening. And I will tell you guys the story of my... Uh, my interesting kind of a kind of brush, I guess, if you will, with the Rona and what happened there. It's going to be a fun time. I also have one very cool little surprise. My triumphant return to the live cast world. I am so very excited about it. And I hope you guys are too. It's going to be a lot of fun. But if you can't come out live, be sure to keep your eye out. Because, of course, the video will be up as well as the audio version will be up shortly after we are done. No telling how long we'll go for. It could be an hour. could be two hours. I have no idea. We will just see what happens, but I am so very excited for that, just like I was for this chat here today. Hope that you guys enjoyed it. Again, be sure to check out Her Majesty the King on the social media, as well as uh, all the links down below for all of Aiden's projects. He's a great guy who is a uh, very creative type and has a lot of uh, a lot of things going on. He wears a lot of hats, kind of like your boy here, <laughs> kind of like... Almost, almost maybe kindred spirits in that way a little bit. But uh, either way, I thank him for allowing me to ha interview him here on the show and all the support. And I thank you again so much for the support. And of course, I got to give a quick shout out to my Patreon subscribers, my hotheads. Of course, Will from Rolls Royce, one of the premier punk rock bands in Canada. Hell, scratch that, in the world. Be sure to check them out, Rolls Royce. And Will, thank you so very much for all the support, man, man. I appreciate the hell out of you. Will was actually on the show very recently with his band member, Mitch. So be sure to go check that out. We talk about their latest EP, as well as uh, we have a whole conversation all about COVID. If you're into that kind of thing, I appreciate the hell out of you. Support, Will. And of course, my boy, Scott who is the best damn window cleaner in the freaking business. If you are in the area and uh, are in need of your windows being clean, your gutters clean, your something power wash, hit up my boy Scott at Suds Window Cleaning. That is Suds Window Cleaning here in Clarington, Ontario. He will take care of it for you, especially now that things are kind of starting to get lifted. 
Hopefully things are starting to look like we're getting back to normal a little bit in the next month or so. Be sure to hit him up. And Scott, I thank you so very much for all your support, my man. As well as just being one of my one of my longest friends. I appreciate you. Just like I appreciate you listening right now. Thank you again so very much for tuning in. Audio fist bump. And with that, I'm all out of time here. So I will catch you next time. This Sunday, folks, don't forget again, this Sunday, live on YouTube, the auto show will be live for my 250th episode. But if I don't talk to you then, I'll talk to you on the next episode of the show. Take it easy, guys.